Hi everyone, Charlotte here from Enriching Environments and it's Tuesday evening. It is um, the 28th of September and 8.30 here in Dubai and welcome to Top Tip Tuesday on Instagram Live. And I'll give you a few moments to all come on. This evening we are going to be talking, hi Phoenix Film, this evening we're going to be talking about the shy child, the reserved child, the slow to warm up child. And we're going to be talking a lot around our opinions around that, our judgments around that, that can happen. Um, what we're feeling as parents, what other people are feeling, and um, what it really means actually if we have a shy child, a reserved child. Here is Wiggly, the Enriching Environments cat joined us again, um, what uh, what it really means, what does it mean when we have a, a reserved child, the child who doesn't want to, to join in, um, what does it mean in the bigger picture, and um, and how can we support them, is there anything to support, um, how can we sort of support them, or is there anything we're doing wrong, um, so we're going to look at all of those things this evening. Firstly, let's cover... Um, the, I guess the, the most basics, let's start with the absolute basics. Uh, a reserved child, a child who would be called shy or um, reticent or quiet or uh, reserved or slow to warm up, um, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Everyone has a person, a, a different personality. Look around at the adults you know, the friends that you have, the people you work with, the people in your community. Um, everyone has a different personality and children are exactly the same. They're um, having a um, introverted personality. If we break it down very, very simply, and this is far, far too simplistic, but just for the purposes of this explanation, some people are introverted and some people are extroverted. Both types of people have their own benefits, um, have their own um, attributes and have their own gifts. Every person is unique and have different gifts that they bring to um, their own life, their family, their community, their workplace, their school, whatever it might be. So everyone is different. Every child has a different personality. And so um, when your child is uh, reserved or is shy or is slow to warm up, this is completely normal for them. Maybe this is the way that they are. Maybe they are just unfolding. But either of those scenarios, our work is to be where they are now. We don't need to change them or make them different in any way. They are perfect, whole and complete as they are. They are enough as they are. You are enough as a parent as you are. There's nothing that needs to be changed here. And I think this takes a really big shift in us, you know, in some cultures for a child to not speak to an adult, to not greet an adult, to not make eye contact with an adult. I accept that in some cultures that can seem rude. People have expectations of children and what they uh, should be doing at certain ages and certain stages. However, what I will say is that um, very often our expectations um, of what children's can do behavior-wise, emotionally, is very much misaligned. Um, in the work that I do online, the work I've done with parents and being a Montessori educator for 10 years, what I find Hi, Lena. Hi, everyone that's joining. Sorry, I'm not keeping up. Um, what I found most of all in the in my 
my time as a parent, um, the work I do here with the Reaching Environment and in the classroom as a Montessori educator, more than anything else, the main misalignment, I think, um, when adults interact with children is we expect them to... Um, hi, Tender, we expect children... We expect far too much emotionally of children. So our expectations of what children, babies and young children can do emotionally our expectations of their emotional development and their regulation and all of those things sleeping on their own and all of those types of things are far 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 too high and we massively underestimate their physical capabilities their abilities at autonomy their abilities to do things for themselves to prepare their own snack to pack their own bag to um dress themselves to uh all these other things, put their own shoes on, all of these things. So that's what the um, the main mismatch is that I see. Emotionally, we expect them to do, you know, we're, we're talking about babies sleeping through the night and stuff like that. I mean, that's a massive topic, but um, some children will be able to do that and some babies won't be able to do that, okay? But we have an expectation. Generally, I'm talking about white Western culture, okay? I'm not talking about um, ancient cultures and... Um, traditional cultures who and indigenous cultures first people cultures who often have so much more of a reverence and nourishment of the soul of the child than we have in western white western culture so i just want to make that differentiation but generally i'm talking about western culture emotionally we expect way way too much of our children we expect them to not have tantrums we expect them to um be able to self-regulate when they're not able to do that at this age but physically we hold them back we contain them we don't let them climb for themselves we don't let them prepare their own snack or use a child size knife or um uh get the things that they need so that's the main difference i i would see and then so linked into this um the emotional side of things expecting children to socialize to interact to greet adults to interact with other children usually our expectations are for high our secret lab are so so um misaligned with what they can do developmentally and um let's give you an example to start with um yeah so what i usually find and i said this to lena actually she came on what we usually find is that we expect children of two three and four to have the social skills of say like an eight-year-old so for example broadly speaking we could expect a child of age eight to be able to make con eye contact even if briefly and greet people that they don't know so like they're meeting mum and dad's work colleague or they're meeting uh, an adult friend in the street for example broadly speaking by age seven eight let's be fair um a child would most children will be able to do that consistently even if they're feeling shy or reticent or they're not really in the mood for it that day most eight-year-olds can cope with that you know with that little bit of interaction um uh expected interaction yeah if you see what i mean but below that age really if we're expecting children below that age to do things like that on demand it's that's really us that have um it's our expectation that is misaligned it's not the child um i know this you know with olivia my daughter she's well, almost seven she'll be seven in um december and 
she was extremely what we called reserved child. You know, when she was little, until around age four, she would not speak to anybody other than myself and her father and her and Harry, her baby brother. It would be very, very rare. You know, she would be slow to warm up to family members. She would be slow to warm up to friends. Um, we'd go to a party and she would be literally glued to my hip unless there was a food. Food was the only thing that would lure her away from me. She would be glued to me, you know, went to story time at the library every single week from when she was a year old. So she had lots of other interaction with other children. You know, we lived in a community that was very sociable. We saw different children every day, but she did not want to interact. She was always the observer. And I only saw her unfold from age four onwards. But now fast forward to where we are, almost age seven, still now. And I see her making so much effort and it's so hard for her sometimes. I can see when she's withdrawn a little bit. And, and she's really summoning up all of her courage. And those are the words we use, actually. Summoning up all her courage to actually speak to this person, to greet the, the housekeeper who does the housekeeping in our, in our apartment block, you know. And I always greet him whenever we see him. And I can see the effort um, that, that she goes to to make eye contact with him and greet him as well, you know. Whereas Harry, young, maybe because he's the younger sibling, he's a completely different personality, he doesn't have a problem. He will say hello to every single person passing but Olivia just isn't at that stage she's not that type of, uh, of character and it's taken me myself to come to that point of acceptance and to support her in that um, so maybe actually we can move to how we support a reserved child we know that it's normal it's fine it's um, a part of their growth maybe they will always be an introvert maybe they're an introvert and they're always going to be like that or maybe they will unfold in time um, and be able to greet strangers, be able to greet people they know that they don't know that well, be able to go into a social situation, rush in like a social butterfly and just join whatever's what's going on. We've got to be happy with both. That's what I would say is our main learning, our main um, piece of our own self-development. We have to be happy with whatever, whether or not they unfold as we want them to, and we want them to be the life and soul of the party. Whether or not we want them to is actually irrelevant. It's more, um, yeah, Lena's made a great point. She just said introverts are known to be great leaders. Um, you're absolutely right, Lena. And and there's actually, you've brought me on to a, di to a different topic, which is wonderful. Um, uh, let's go through the qualities of the, of the child who is reserved, the child who is seen as shy, the child who is slow to warm up. Those child are children are incredible observers. Um, Olivia will notice things, will go somewhere and she might not say anything. She might not um, make any comments. She might not interact with anyone. But I can guarantee for the following week after that interaction or we went to or the play date or the party, she will be remembering very specific, specific details about what happened, about who was there, about what they were wearing, what they were saying, what the interaction was. And she will um, be able to recall all of this and tell me and, and Harry in a very, very clear way, a very, very clear way and a very, very detailed way. So as Lena has said, introverts are known to be very, very great, uh, good leaders. People who observe a lot notice things. If uh, someone is being, like we say this as well, don't we, you know, um, People who are doing all the listening are the ones with all the knowledge because they're not actually 
talking so much they're actually listening and they're learning about other people and definitely there's something in my own growth I talk way way too much and I'm really working on all the time to try and listen more and not speak um, as much you know whether it's with the children whether it's with friends whether it's my clients so um, being the, the the child or the adult who doesn't say as much who actually steps back and listens that's the those are the people who um, are learning, are listening, are learning how to communicate, are seeing, are feeling the room, you know, feeling the energy in the room, feeling the energy of the different people. And um, uh, as I said for Olivia, when she can recall this information of people that we've seen, you know, then that comes through in her play. That's what's so interesting. She will be so um, involved in her observation and then she'll come home and then I'll see what she's learned in that interaction or the interaction in that observation. I'll see what she's learned in her and that will come through in her play so again it's a whole nother world of learning she might not be directly in the thick of it at the being the life and soul of the party but there's still learning going on and I think that's what our point of trust is as well no matter what scenario our child is in whether they're the life and soul of the party or they are um, seemingly on the fringes being the introvert there's learning going on there's unconscious absorption throughout the first six to seven years of life so we we know that they're going to be absorbing they're going to be taking things in so that hopefully gives us a bit of a, of a of a breath of a breath of relief just like okay i don't need to do anything more i don't need my child to do anything more here um and following on from lena's point about um introverts being uh, great leaders also because these people are um observing so much and checking communication and um, seeing people's reactions and absorbing all of that it makes them really really sensitive really really empathic um, these beautiful qualities the, they're called soft skills aren't they these, these soft skills that um, that we all need you know we can learn a lot from someone who's doing a lot of listening and a lot of observation because those are the sensitive people those are the people who have picked up on the energy of the room those are the people who will understand what that person needs that person who made that really big bold statement you know that the the observer will understand what that person needs how to best communicate with them so there's such a whole um raft of gifts that come with every type of personality so it's really really important for us to embrace this and if we have um, of course, we're going to have because different children will challenge us in different ways. We're most likely going to end up with um, each of our children with completely different personalities, um, which allows us to um, bring to the surface what our prejudices are, what our judgments are. So that's all a beautiful gift, isn't it? So let me have a sip of water and we'll come to... Um, so... What I wanted to come to next is, so what we can say to our child to support them, and then what we can say to others who, you know, well-meaning family members or friends or anyone else in the playground or, you know, every single Tom, Dick and Harry who's got an opinion on your child being reserved. Um, firstly, supporting our child who is reserved. Um, our main, um, your main takeaway that I'd like you to have from this evening is um, this great quote, and I don't know who said it, actually, but it's, children are validated by our attitude towards them. So children are validated by our attitude towards them. So that can go either way. So we can validate them in a positive way 
if we support them for who they are. But also we can validate their negative impression of ourselves if we respond to them in a negative way. So it cuts both ways, if you see what I mean. So children are validated by our attitude towards them. So the way that our, we could um, give our children positive validation in this scenario of them being reserved or slow to warm up is um, a couple of things we can do. We can prepare ahead of time. So we're going to be going to a birthday party. Um, I think there's going to be eight other children there. And if all the mamas and papas are going to be there, that's going to be how many people? That's going to be 20 people. Wow, that's a lot of people um, that are going to be there. And we're all going to be running around. All the children, I think, are going to be so excited. They're going to be running around and playing in the park. So I think there's going to be a lot of noise. There's going to be a lot of excitement. There's going to be a lot of fun. And you can run around and join in um, straight away or you can stay close to me until you feel ready to join in. A little bit of preparation beforehand. I don't want to say coaching because that sounds too pressured, but just a little bit of preparation so there will be an expectation. If you know that your child is sensitive to um, loud noises, it's a good idea to um, let them know in advance that it's going to be noisy. So like Harry doesn't like, he's very, very loud, but he really does not like, loud music in the car he doesn't like going into scenarios where um the music's really loud or there's a lot of shouting like he he would say in his classroom oh it was really noisy today so when we go into situations where it's quite noisy i try to warn harry in advance let him know so that it's not going to be a shock to him obviously he's that doesn't affect his enjoyment of the noise level but it just lets him know gives him a little bit of predictability before we walk into that situation so that's one thing you can do to support secondly when you're in it when you're in the moment um you can invite uh what would you like to do first would you like to go and look at some of that delicious party food let's say it's a birthday party or would you like to go and play and your child may not respond at all. Your child may um, just stick close to you or even resist, want to be picked up and, and be held and what have you. All of that is absolutely fine. Um, it's really, really crucial that, that we remain calm and remain positive. Say, okay, um, I can see you want me to uh, hold you until you feel ready. Okay, let's find a seat to sit down on so we can all be really, really comfortable. You know, I don't... I think there's one thing supporting, but it's really important we don't make ourselves really, really uncomfortable in those scenarios as well, because we're going to feel tense and our child's going to, going to sense that we feel tense. So I would always say, you know, if it's Olivia or Harry, let's find somewhere really comfortable to sit so we can settle down. And then with, you know, with our ease of that, we're not forcing them to do anything. When they feel that we're really, really easy um, and comfortable and know that we're not going to force them to anything else, then they're going to be able to open up and unfold a lot more easily. And they may not in this scenario, it may be a couple of scenarios down the line, you know, it might not be for another year of birthday parties and another six months of play dates that they finally open you know, and maybe they're never going to open and maybe that's okay too. So it's really being okay where they are now. Um, and then the third thing also when you're in the thick of the moment, so someone's going to come over and say, oh, would you like to play? Or, um, oh, she's shy or he's shy. He doesn't want to, you know, oh, he's shy. Oh, he needs to come here and play with everyone else. And everyone wants him to part, play with the party games or whatever it might be. And the way we can offer support to our child, but, um, you know, give a, a boundary, as it were, a loving boundary to the adult that's asking is um, 
he'd just like to sit with me for a few moments and he'll let us know when he's ready or he'll come when he's ready or he's not quite ready yet. Or we say to directly to our child, I can see that you're not quite ready. Let's sit here and watch until you feel ready to join in. And that may happen. You know, you go to the party for an hour and a half and it may be that your child only moves off your lap for the, for the final 10 minutes of that party. And that's absolutely fine. The main thing is we've supported them in the moment. So that's just a really lovely sentence you can say to your child is, um, uh, you can sit on my lap for as long as you need to. I'm right here for you whenever you feel ready to join in. And leave it at that. We don't need to do any more explaining. It's just we are there and we carry on enjoying ourselves. We um, try and engage with other adults. We enjoy the food. We chat to others, you know. But with that just gentle um, guidance and support of our child, we're not trying to make them do anything else, but we're really role modeling strongly that um, this is fun to be here. I'm going to chat to my friends. Um, and I'm going to be fully involved in the in the party and it's okay for you not to be I'm right here for you so it's got to be without any judgment um and what else was I going to say and also what I found with Olivia uh which was really really evident when she was two three before she turned four is we'd go to these places and she wouldn't interact so like at story time we used to go to story time at the library religiously every single from when she was one year old um to uh when when COVID happened actually so that's what that's four years that we used to go and it was only when she was three and a half maybe four and a half where she would actually go in and stand up and join in if there was you know a song or they're doing something with a holding hands or a story where they're holding hands so it took her two to three years hi Tanya to actually join in with these activities to um, things that were so familiar to her. The storyteller was really, really familiar to her, but it would take her this time. And um, part of me was like, oh, I wish she joined in, I wish she joined in, I wish she joined in every week, but it was okay. She was just wasn't ready. And now, and then suddenly one day she was ready and she started joining in and that was okay. That's where she was at that time. So um, it's, being secure enough in ourselves that knowing that we're providing opportunities for our child to see us socialize and socializing ourselves and role modeling and you know i get shy i get introverted i get nervous before i do an instagram live i get nervous before i do my interviews for my my podcast but i'm gentle with myself as well and i know that it will pass i know that the first i think in the brene brown book she talks about vulnerability is that vulnerability you feel it for like 21 seconds or something like that and I know that in doing these things it's giving my children permission to overcome their fears whenever they're ready and summon up their courage and um, speak publicly or greet people whenever they feel ready and I hope that this will yeah support them on their path and um, I was a really really shy child and I was really forced to um speak in public uh, situations because the thinking back then was I believe if a child was shy you should push them into more situations to make them less shy and now we know the opposite's true actually that the closer we the closer we keep them to us then um, the more confidence that they'll have longer term but you know back in the day the opposite so I was forced into like 
speak. I remember like uh, ordering my food in a restaurant or public speaking or greeting people I didn't feel comfortable with. Oh my goodness, and I was so shy and it felt so wrong in my body. Um, and now we know differently, so it's okay. We can do differently. And but I remember how awkward it was being made to um, being made to speak up when I didn't, when I wasn't ready, when I didn't want to. Um, so we've spoken about how um, some children are more reserved than others, and that's okay. We've spoken about how we can support our child um, in these scenarios, in staying close to them and letting them know that we're here with them to support them until they're ready. And we've spoken about how we can um, speak to other adults in that scenario so that they understand that our child will be ready when they're ready and, um, and we're not going to push them or force them to do something that they're not ready to do. Um, and then I guess the last thing I wanted to add, um, which I did find really, really useful, and I started doing when Olivia was about 18 months, two years old, and I noticed that she um, found this interaction with um, people that she didn't know um, really, really difficult. What I started doing is pointing out to her people's reactions when we spoke to them. So the gardeners in our the park keepers the gardeners in our community the housekeeping um chap in our apartment block people that we would see at the supermarket for example people we would come across in restaurants and cafes um obviously 99 percent of people are really really friendly and when you engage in them then you get a lot back okay so i would always make sure that I would give a lot to anyone that we came across and hi Huda and um, and I would give a lot with anyone I came across and then I would see their reaction and what I would do is point out to Olivia and then later Harry is that person's reaction so I would say oh didn't that gentleman have a big smile on his face when we asked him about his family or did you see that gardener? He seemed so happy when you smiled at him or you waved at him. So I would point out to them other people's reactions. So they got to understand in a really, really gentle way that um, the way that we speak to people matters and that we, the way that we engage with people matters. And not that I was expecting them to behave in any certain way at that time, but I was showing them that a smile makes such a difference. I was showing them that warmth and friendliness makes such a difference. And even now in, you know, in our local church rooms in our community, we see the cashiers, uh, you know, several times, many days, um, several times a week. And we would always have a little conversation with him, uh, with him or with her. And over time, you know, the children are getting comfortable with saying hello and greeting them and saying, how are you? And it just takes a lot longer. I mean, everything in childhood, I think, takes us uh, takes a lot longer than we think it does. You know, when we see things on Instagram, when we read things on, things on a website, but it's all this beautiful process of unfolding, of our child becoming who they're meant to be. So um, my last suggestion, as I said, is to point out to our children that um, someone had a big smile on their face when you asked them, when I asked them how they were, or... Um, uh, they seem so happy when we interacted with them. They seem so happy when we greeted them. Or we seem so happy when we thanked him. All of those things, just really um, highlighting to our children 
that what we we do can make a difference. We can bring joy into other people's lives. You know, we're showing indirectly that we can bring value into the life of everyone that we meet. And so um, over time, they come to understand that uh, whether or not they're introvert or extrovert, they can make a difference in someone else's life. Whether their personality type and what we want their personality to be is completely irrelevant, but we can make a difference in every single person's life. Um, and that's what I'd like to leave you with this evening. If you have any questions, let me know. Um, and I'll just have a quick look at my bullet points to ensure that I haven't missed anything. Um, yeah, things I want to reiterate. Actually, we didn't talk about it developmentally. Children only seek to um, be more social, more sociable after the age of three. That's also worth knowing as well and of course there's some children who are super super sociable from age one you know as a baby of course there's some children that don't have separation anxiety at all and um, there's some children who will be super confident at one two three years old to speak to a stranger to walk into a, a new play date or scenario, uh, someone's home and not have any reticence at all of course there's some children like that um, however as a normal developmental norm children won't don't start to in terms of the brain changes they don't start to look outside for a social group until after the age of three that begins after the age of three it's not suddenly like a massive switch at age three but it begins after age three so um for your child to not seek any interaction outside of their immediate family uh, below the age of three is completely normal it's not um something high hotel it's not something that we need to be concerned about at all um, so that's something I'd like to add and again reiterate that we make our child feel comfortable we say when we're in these situations you can stay close to me for as long as you need to um, I know you'll join in and play with the other children when you feel ready and um, you know Harry and Olivia were very very clear they would say not ready not ready you know from from quite an early age so they so they knew what felt right for them and what didn't feel right for them um, and we can just, as I said, you know, right from the beginning, we can have such unrealistic realistic expectations of what children are actually capable of. And um, we can be really, really mindful that we are projecting expectations that are unrealistic and not developmentally appropriate on our children. So things to know. Some children introverted, some children extroverted. Neither is right, neither is wrong. We have a lot of expectations as parents, as adults on children's behavior. Usually the this idea of make children making eye contact with adults, um, children interacting with the strangers and greeting people and having conversations like, how are you? I'm fine. All these things that usually, broadly speaking, I find that parents, adults have the expectation of an eight year old's social skills and they try and project these on a two, three, four year old. Um, uh, uh, and so that's worth bearing in mind is that often our our, our um expectations of a child's capability in terms of social interaction is way misaligned than where they will be developmentally um, and I'll just re reiterate because Hetal came on um, just now I'll reiterate that usually speaking we have wildly unrealistic expectations of our child's emotional development sleeping through the night and 
temper tantrums and impulse control and all of those things. But on the other end of the spectrum, what they are physically capable of, we wildly underestimate. So mostly, usually what's happening is we do not give them the correct, simple, ordered, accessible environment to fulfill their physical needs, their deep physical needs. However, we expect far too much of them on the emotional scale. That's usually the mismatch that I see when working with parents, when working in the school and with my own children as well. And yeah, I'm guilty. I've done it a lot. You know, I, I don't give them credit for what they can do. I'm too focused on what they can't do emotionally, you know, impulse control or hitting or biting or scratching or all the other things that go on are a normal part of childhood. We, um, we've got a lot of misalignment with all our expectations of children. So um, all I need you to know, as with every session, you are enough, chill out. Your child is their own person. They are unfolding exactly as they should. Our role is support. Our role is connection. Our role is to lead them from love. If they aren't ready to join in and they're aged two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, that's absolutely fine. We allow them to be close and they, you know, we are their safe base. They allow, we allow them to stay close with our support until they feel ready to step away. And when they feel ready, they will. I hope this has been useful for everyone who's dipped in and out. Um, Hetel, do you have any questions? Um, if anyone has any questions before I sign off, um, this will go on my feed as ever. I'll try and pop that on this evening. What's the time? Yeah, I can pop that on this evening. Um, and if there's no questions, unless someone's typing, I look forward to seeing you all again next week for Top Tip Tuesday on Instagram Live. Um, thanks, Hotel. Thanks for joining. It's my pleasure. Um, and if you have any questions for Top Tip Tuesday, any subjects you'd like me to cover, then please do send them in or just send me a voice, mo voice note or send a direct message. Pretty much every single one of my topics that comes up is from a client question or a follower question or is expanding on something I've discussed. Um, and your journal prompt tomorrow is going to be on this very subject. So what I'm doing is my top tip Tuesday, then that rolls over to what my journal prompt is for the week. So um, tomorrow morning, I'll be recording that uh, uh, something to do with our shy child, our reserved child, and how we can have a little dig inside ourselves to find the parts of ourselves that isn't accepting our child as they are. So I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you so much for joining. And um, until then, have a beautiful day. Bye-bye.